check it. This is truth. This is my life. I'm tired of living with struggle and strife. This is truth. This is my life. I'm tired of living with struggle and strife. Robert Sham is 36 years old, and like a lot of inmates at the Edmonton Remand Center, he's ready to change some things. And in his current environment, it feels like he may finally have a chance to do just that. I'm just tired of the way I was living and whatnot, right? So I just want, want to make a change. You're listening to All That Matters from CJSR. I'm Chris Chang and Phillips. And I'm Joe Hartfile. All That Matters tells stories about arts and culture around Alberta. Each week, we take small bites out of a big question. For this week's show, the two of us, along with our reporter, Sarah Alfazema, met with Robert and some other men in his unit at the Remand Centre to talk about what makes their situation unique, even within their facility. Specifically, we were interested in their artistic pursuits and the way the Remand Centre's boot camp unit offers this trade-off between having to obey military-style discipline on one hand and offering freedoms that other inmates don't necessarily get on the other hand. So our question this week really is, can art affect the chances that people can change? This week's show is the first of a two-part documentary. A friend of mine named Daniel Emberg, a fellow community radio guy with CKUW in Winnipeg, he approached us with what could best be described as an infectious germ of an idea. Daniel's idea that CJSR should speak to a group of men at the Remand Centre who get together and share their poetry and songs. It was the first time for the three of us going into jail, and it was eerily quiet outside. Basically, just the Canadian flag blowing outside in the wind. The Remand Centre used to be in a busier location downtown in Edmonton, but this larger facility was open just north of the city limits in 2013. And when I say just outside of the city limits, I mean meters. There are pretty much just trees around for the moment. Uh, the Remand Center falls under the umbrella of what our government calls correctional facilities. Prisons, jails. People are sent to the Edmonton Remand Center while they wait for their cases to go to court. By the way, this show deals with some content which you may perceive as quite graphic. It's also important to remember that these men have not yet been convicted of their alleged crimes. At this point, you might be wondering about Daniel, the radio producer in Winnipeg, uh, and what his connection would be to this place all the way out here in Alberta. Well, in short, his brother is inside. Daniel's brother is Donnie Klepp, and he's one of the men behind the poetry group that brought us to the center. We'd heard some of his poetry being read on air in Winnipeg, but it took months of back and forth to get permission to record Donnie and some of the other inmates in person. So it felt like a miracle, honestly, when they finally gave us our visitor badges and let us inside. Once we got in, a guard and someone from the Justice Department led us through a maze of locked doors, nodding up at the security cameras from time to time. The new remand has capacity for about 2,000 inmates, so it's made up of a whole bunch of pods. They led Sarah and Chris and me to Donnie's unit, and then they gave us a room with some chairs and a TV to sit down and talk. It was a white concrete room. The chairs were bolted down. Donnie came in, shook our hands, and the first thing that struck all of us was that he wasn't wearing an orange jumpsuit. He was wearing sweats and a t-shirt and a pair of Crocs. I'm uh, 30 years old. I didn't really do much jail time until I was about 26. I got a 30-month sentence for selling some drugs and an attempted robbery. I got out on parole after a year. Shortly after I went on the run, I got sent back to the pen in Drumheller. And about halfway through finishing my time there, I got charged with first-degree murder for something that allegedly happened while I was on the run. And so I came here May 23rd last year, and I heard about this boot camp program, and I figured I'd come check it out. I was pretty impressed when I got here. You know, I'm really into basketball, like really into basketball. And when I got here, the first thing I saw was some guys playing three on three in a mesh on the rim outside, which is the only unit in the whole jail with a mesh. 
it's really just a good environment to succeed. You can be yourself here. You don't have to walk around puffing your chest out and have that sort of jail attitude and the guards treat you more so like a man. You have to prove to them that you want to be here. I mean, they expect a lot. You get up in the morning at 7.30 for breakfast, clean yourself from top to bottom, polish your toilet, make your bed without a wrinkle in it, and everything has to be put away exactly in place or there's going to be some problems. 8.30 we have physical training. 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And then the rest of the day is kind of open. We have different things like military style drill practice. We've got uh, a drill team actually that performs when people want to come see what we do here. It gives guys like a sense of belonging to a team and discipline and pride. When a new guy comes in and he says he wants to be involved and he's all like, oh man, I've never done anything like this. It's kind of like, okay, cool. Motivates you to keep going and doing a good job. We have a lot of other programs here actually too that were started by inmates and for inmates like AA, NA, Bible Group and Prayer Group, uh, Native Sharing Circle, uh, something called PEAK, that's a Positive Energy Action and Knowledge Group. So we've got a lot of guys that are proactive and I think the majority of the guys on this unit are actually serious about changing their lives and doing something good with themselves when they get out. What was the moment when you decided, yeah, this is something that I think I want to be part of? The boot camp thing specifically. Well, one of the first things I noticed when I first walked on the unit, other than the sweatsuits as opposed to coveralls anywhere else, just the cleanliness of the unit. I mean, if you go to any other unit here, you've got graffiti all over the walls, things are busted, it's got a smell to it. It took some adjusting because I was used to, I did have a little bit of an attitude from adjusting to being in the pen and stuff like that. When I got involved in the drill, there's an officer there, uh, Mr. Stone, who did some British military time and he's pretty serious about his drill and he's got some pretty good motivational speeches and stuff and you can talk to guys about how you're making plans to get out and do this or do that. Talk about your family and you can just be honest about it. Jail and other places, if you talk about anything positive, it's not cool and you know, you might get made fun of or whatever. The way the staff members talk to you and treat you with respect makes a big difference because sometimes on other units they just talk to you like you're a piece of dirt. They draw a reaction out of you that they're going for. There's all kinds of drugs and guys high and drunk on other units, which you don't get here either. So, Take us to the moment when you birthed the seed of this poetry thing that we've been hearing about. Sure. I was uh, going outside to the yard to play some basketball, and there were a couple of young guys out there who had some papers out, and they were rapping to each other, I guess. I was like, hey, that's cool. I've been doing some writing myself. I read it to them. They're like, hey, man, you're really good. You should do this more. And then a couple other guys heard about it, and we get together once or twice a week and just go out into the yard and share with each other what we've been working on. And I told somebody about it over the phone and they were like, hey, that's cool. Would you want to send some stuff in? And How did you get people on board? What did you tell them? It just kind of happened naturally, I guess. I mean, we didn't plan it and say, oh, we're going to start doing this all the time. We'd just be like, hey, let's go out. And do you have anything new? Yeah, I got something new. Okay, let's go check it out. What was the first thing that you shared? I've got it here. It's uh, the first positive thing I wrote because I started writing to blow off some steam and I was reading some stuff to my uh, girlfriend and she's like, everything you write so negative. And I thought about it, I was like, hmm, I should try to do something different. I wrote something that was kind of inspired by myself and the times I'm going through. My mom, who's a single mom of three and has worked hard to try and give us a decent life and to try and inspire my girlfriend who's going through a tough time. It's called Dig Deep. You gotta dig deep when the going gets tough. No matter what, remember, you're a diamond in the rough. Don't be disgusted with sloughs. Busted trust happens, so you live and you learn. Just because you give, don't expect the same in return, especially if you're playing games, because you're bound to get burned. Just earn your own respect, and it'll reflect. Be positive, and it'll infect and spread. Draw strength from the dead, say a prayer before bed, 
And when you start your day, give thanks, because you can't bank on tomorrow. Looking back too long will have you drowning in sorrow. For that, don't give your time. Just keep climbing and grinding, and when you want to give up, that's when you find within you a strength built from everything you've been through. You didn't know it was there, because you doubted, you were scared. But deep down, you were preparing, fully aware on the inside, that when your ego falls with your pride, you can no longer hide from yourself, and you're going to need help to get through this living hell. And well, what a surprise. You've got super strength in disguise. An untapped resource. Uncap it and pour it out with force. Let it be prominent, dominant over your old ways on those days and times when you need it most. When your back is against the ropes and it seems there's no hope, remember who you are. You can't be beat, because when life seems too hard, that's when you dig deep. This one I usually rap a little bit more, but I'm a little bit shy and I don't really practice it. But What will help us make you comfortable? I don't know. I'll just give it a shot, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Empty caskets are laying in wait. Humans as a race are a collective basket case. Living this fast pace, making decisions in haste. There's no reversing the waste. So many perversions of hate, like we can feed the hungry with the scraps on our plates. Willing the killing of our earth, a dastardly fate awaits. The way of the West is fake breasts and Corvettes. Eyes trained on shiny things, no concept of what time could bring. Not seeing the sickness through the thickness of the smoke in the air. We should be scared, cause we're unprepared and we're poking a bear. There's so much evil and it's right in our face. Mass graves of little kids, and some of their peers still live today, surviving years of discrimination and bad taste. Don't wonder why we're so ill in ways as the blood seeps through these government band-aids. Is God coming? I can't say. I shan't wait. So in the Lord's name I pray that our behavior will be to walk His way. Glory be to the Creator. I call Him Yahweh. That was Donnie Klepp sharing some poetry and stories from the Edmonton Remand Centre. You are listening to All That Matters from CJSR. I'm Chris Chang and Phillips. And I'm Joe Hartfile. You know, I like how little prodding it took from you, Chris, to convince Donnie to rap the piece he was a little shy about at first. <laughs> really nice moment. Now, we want to back up here just to give a bit of background on the new Remand Centre. The facility that we visited, the reason it replaced the old one downtown, ostensibly, was because there were so many people sent there awaiting trial or transfer that on top of all the sort of background things that make a jail a dangerous place to be, drugs and violence and alcohol, on top of all that, it was becoming dangerously overcrowded. There were issues over the years with too many inmates being put in the same cell and addiction and mental health issues being ignored while people are inside. Uh, yeah, in 2011, a guy called Barry Stewart was sent to the old remand center because he owed a $286 transit fine for not presenting a ticket on the LRT. Rather than pay the fine, he opted to spend three days behind bars. But because of the drastic shortage of special cells for people with mental health issues, he was placed in a cell with an inmate who was mentally ill. That inmate, Justin Summers, now this is a bit graphic. He stomped Barry Stewart to death overnight. According to video footage, he jumped on his head 26 times. So the new remand center is bigger and there are more psychologists available. Now, the reasons why so many more people are being sent to prisons in Alberta, partly it's related to population growth, but the federal government has also been passing laws requiring prison sentences for drug-related crimes, all of which is to say that the boot camp unit is unique for sure in having opportunities for free time and freedom to wear something other than the orange jumpsuit, but it is not a resort. It's a really intense environment, which might make it seem all the more improbable that one of the most common ways for these men to express themselves in their free time through poetry. But as Donnie Klepp and other men in the unit showed us, poetry and rap are a big part of the culture in the boot camp unit. Can you tell me about like belonging and this poetry group? To be brutally honest, the poetry group hasn't really been for a while. Mostly uh, guys do things on their own. When it was going strong, you're just expressing yourself and saying what you really feel and letting other guys do the same. 
a mutual respect and sort of a, a release feeling like people are listening to what you have to say. I think everybody in some way wants to feel like what they're saying is being heard, you know? When you guys did have your group, was there a lot of camaraderie or were there any competitive aspects to it? Honestly, surprisingly, there weren't a whole lot of competitive aspects to it. Camaraderie and just the group that we had, everybody kind of had their own style, so it just didn't really fit that there would be competition. We had one guy, he sounds like Eminem and has really complicated rhyme schemes and will just rap about anything silly or whatever. There was this kid, uh, JR, he grew up on a reservation and around a lot of gangs and stuff and he rapped a lot about his struggle and stuff like that. We had a kid, Lil Mo, a Somalian character, a really nice kid and you'd never guess it until you heard him rap but it was all about guns and drugs and... I don't really know what to say about my own style, but it was definitely different too, so. Do you want to share some more? Sure. This one is one I wrote right as I started the prayer group that failed, that I gave up on. God, only you can liberate me. So take me. Shake me free from my shackles and chains. There's no debating. The fake shall break. Only through you can we tackle the pain. I rack my brain and it turns out the same. Eventually, I come back to you. The only truth, the light. Rescue me from my plight. Lord, bring me sanity and help me escape my vanity. I see the lifeboats you continue to send. Before I drown, Lord, I pray my heart mends. You've spoken to me in so many ways. I've been broken again for so many days. I try to escape my fate and only feel pain. You know how I learned to live in the rain, yet you love me all the same, you never change. I don't want to think I'm clever again. You take me back even though I said never again. Never again, I said, would I turn my back, but you still pick me up and show me the right track. Within these walls, I see that I'm blessed. Though I don't know what comes next or if this is all a test, I know love is the way. I resolve to live in love, to give love, to share love. And this love is yours, Lord. Let it pour from shore to shore and far beyond. Thank you, Lord, for when I'm weak, you make me strong. Lord, help me hold on, give me strength to roll on. You keep calling out to me, I've been lost for so long. Lord, help me hold on, give me strength to roll on. The devil's breath is on my neck, now I need to be strong. You're listening to All That Matters. I'm Chris Chang and Phillips. And I'm Joe Hartfile. Each week on All That Matters, we take small bites out of a big question. Today, the first part of a two-part documentary about the boot camp unit at Edmonton's Remand Centre. We're asking how writing poetry is helping the men in the boot camp unit figure out how to change their lives. Dylan McKenzie and Chris Pruden, for example. Like many, they got into the poetry group through their connection to rap culture. Today, they are at very different points on their way to the next step of their respective lives, but they do seem to have forged a strong bond. The first voice we'll hear in this section is Dylan, while Chris chimes in a little later. Um, I'm 21, from Toronto, and uh, most of my life's been behind bars. I'm starting to open up more. I'm reading books, I'm getting knowledge, and I'm changing my way on things, and I'm asking more questions. And that's why this rap I wrote today, it's more like questions, just to try to get people to think, you know? Why is Africa forgotten? Trace your roots, you'll end up back in the motherland. Why is there so much billionaires that won't ever give a helping hand? At least help out with wisdom, knowledge, advice. Money ain't the root of evil, it's the greed in your life. Why they say that Jesus was white and he's the son of God when he was black or Muslim and a prophet of God? Why is the truth out in the open but still so hidden? Sharpen your mind, study history and religion, 
but it's hired people brainwashed from the television. I'm stating facts, but I know not too many will listen. Why the government ain't labeled as gangsters when they're the biggest ones? My projects filled with roaches, and their houses be the biggest ones. They designed the hood so you can't make it out. Make us fight against each other, so they're taking us out. And we should come together as one and be taking them all. Ain't no justice in the system, no justice in the law. They shooting and killing black people who be unarmed, then get a couple days off, they ain't losing their job. I know they're gonna do me dirty, so I'm praying to God. I'm 21, but most of my life been from behind the wall. And I don't look and I don't feel. Nothing like my age, I'm nothing but an old soul. I'm just waiting for my day. And when the bullets finally get me, I'll be feeling at peace. Cause I'll be with all of my friends that are lost to the streets. Now take a second to think, why is he thinking like that? They say there's a part of your brain that don't work called the pineal gland. But really it's lies. That part of your brain worked just fine, but you have to learn to activate it. It's called the third eye, also known as the brown chakra. There's 32 in total. Women are queens, but we don't treat them like we're supposed to. We got power, but we ain't in touch with our inner self. Divide and conquer, so they separate us to gain wealth. Why they kill Park and then Biggie to cover it up? Why is the world run by people who don't really care for us? I met a pen timer who taught me something that stuck. The only way to kill a demon is to fill it with love. Yeah. What's some of the stuff that you saw when you were young that you felt was unjust? I got sliced around my neck, almost got shot dead at 17. You go through stuff and it changes your way of thinking. But when you're in it, you don't really realize it, you know? And I had the time to sit and think back. I'm like, how come nobody's helping us? The legal aid lawyers they give you, they don't really care for you. They sit down and they say, okay, you give me this guy and I'll give you that guy. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. The jail is becoming more like a business, you know? The more people are in jail, the more money they make. You do years in here, because that's what I did. I was 17, I did two years. I got out when I was 19. Ain't nobody helped me to learn how to go back to school and Nobody cares, but nobody knows at the same time. If someone knows, they should speak up and let the knowledge get out there, you know? Do you mind if I ask, how did you end up in Alberta at this, this institution? Oh, man. I came out west. I was 19. I came out. I said, yo, let me actually try to change my life, you know? I'll be real with you. I wasn't trying to change for me. I was trying to do it for my mom. I said, let me try to get back in school, try to get a job. No one will help me. Those places you go that they're supposed to help you with your resumes and all that stuff. I went there. They laid me off, you know. No one's helping me. And at the same time, stuff from your past won't leave you alone, you know. I'm trying to go to school. I have people pulling up in cars, trying to do me dirty, you know. It's hard to change. Even right now, like, I'm still learning, but there's still stuff going on on the outside that I don't know how I'm going to deal with it when I get out. But at least I'm trying. Maybe if someone was helping me, I could actually change, you know? That's how I feel about things. This unit right here, boot camp, is major for rehabilitation. I've seen guys come here, like, I'm old. I got, like, 11 years in. I've seen jail. I know jail. I, I've been through the hardest things you can go through in jail. and. I've never changed boot camp. There's two other units. I'm, I'm, I was on the other side and I, it changed my life. You know, when I first came in, my wife passed away. She was murdered. 
I came in and I had to make a change in my life right now because I got three-year-old twins. I had no choice but to change my life and I knew it. So I come to boot camp. I was on the other units getting high every day. You're just drunk every day. Like there's more liquor and drugs in there on the, all those units. And it's like the streets, you know, it's there. So you can live your life like that all you want, but it's up to you to make a change. It takes a lot to come to boot camp because there's no slack in here. And the guards are on you, pushing you for change, you know, and either you change or you don't, you leave. And here I've seen guys do 180s, you know, like myself. There's no more drugs, no nothing. And I got out last time I was released on bail. I had to come back. Once you get released on bail, there's all these conditions. They hold you down these conditions. Like a guy can't even go to work. You go home late from work, you breach your bail. They take all your money, throw you back in here, stuck in here again, you know? Try to tell the judge, I got three-year-old twins with no mom. I need to raise these kids. I need to get out, you know? I, I, no. It's us rehabilitating ourselves on this unit. That's what this unit teaches us to do, is help each other. And we come a long way by helping each other. There's no fighting on this unit. We try to heal each other. You know, we see a, another inmate picking on another inmate. You try to tell them, yo, man, you know, they grow up. You know, we're all in here doing our time. There's some OGs on this unit. There's some real Gs that come here, and they have no intention of changing, and they changed, like myself. I don't want to bug nobody. If I get a chance, I'll help somebody. The youngsters on this unit, I'll help them as much as I can. One kid that just come in here, walks on the unit, and he thought he was hard as a rock. I set him straight, and I said, listen, you're in the big boy jail now. Straighten up in here. You can't run around and run your mouth like that. This is a serious place, and it's a good kid now. He's out on the unit right now. Never been banged out once. He wants to get out now. He wants to be a rapper, so I feel like I helped that kid. I just got to do that because I got kids to raise out there and I got a life to live. I'm too old to be going through this again. I refuse. So this is where it starts right here. How did you end up on the boot camp unit? I was on this unit called Free Sea. Someone told me about it. He said, yo, this is a good place. And I put in to come here to see for myself. It's a good unit, you know? A lot of routines that you have to do that makes you more disciplined. And once you become more disciplined, you can start thinking about things. There's people like my brother here and other guys that help you, you know, like in Toronto, I'm used to it. As soon as you come out of jail, there's a bunch of guys surrounding you, asking you, yo, where are you from, da 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 You say the wrong thing, you're going to end up fighting. I come on this unit, all these guys, yeah, they surround you, but they start clapping. I wasn't used to it. Someone's coming up to me saying, hey, you need help. Like I said in this, the way to kill a demon is to fill it with love, right? As people showing me love, and that's gonna change my way of thinking. A lot of guys on boot camp, you know, it's like war. There's, there's a bunch of guards here. They've been in Iraq and all this stuff. So they come here and they train us like that. You know, we're all messed up as guys, but we can change, you know, we can be shit, still shaped and, and, and get out and be positive in society. Take all this stuff that we have and put it to positive, which is easily done as long as you can reflect on yourself and accept who you are and you can carry on with it, you know? So that's what I'm trying to do in here. We're trying to do this music stuff and I think a lot of guys on this unit have post-traumatic stress disorder. Traumed out from their life, like me, I've been shot and stabbed 11 times, you know, macheted across the face. I almost died numerous times and I want to live. I want to be happy with my kids and I want to see these guys. Like, it's not just I want to see myself happy, I want to see other people happy too. My life's too short not to put smiles on people's faces and I think this post-traumatic stress disorder that these guys have in here is one of the reasons why these guys need to get out and believe that they can go farther in life because they get out and they don't have nothing and they don't believe they're going to go farther so they don't go nowhere. The law of gravity, the attraction, gravity, you attract bad, you're going to do bad. and post-traumatic stress disorder has got these guys living like that and a lot of trauma in here. I, I wrote another poem actually called post-traumatic stress disorder. I was sitting in my cell one night, I was reading a book, it says add up all the bad things that happened to you in your life 
And just in one year, I came up, you know, like I just got a bullet taken out of me and I was stabbed up and chopped in the face with a machete over a drug deal gone bad. And and uh, my wife passed away. I was just a bad year. So I, I was like, maybe this is why I am the way I am. And this is what I wrote. I wrote this. It's um, I got post-traumatic stress disorder in the realest way from all this prison and thug living. It's got me stressed in the brain. Because where I come from, there really ain't no sunshine. My mama died of AIDS, and I only ate because of crime. And my whole life's been based out of hell. I got a record so bad, I can't get a million bail. I'm going to tell it so the truth be known. F*** all the hype of street life, because in the end, you're alone. Don't want to die, but I ain't scared to stand tall. Do them all. Fight till I'm dead. I'm harder than prison walls. Stress and paranoia got me clutching the bottle. Selling drugs just to have a drink for tomorrow. To look at my picture, you'd think I'm carefree. But inside, I'm scared and confused. Is that really a G? Are G's really traumed and steady watching their back? So much damage and trauma to their bodies, can't work, forced to sell crack. So I just get a rope, f hope, and call it a day. F my life, f my kids, and f what you say. This is why I got PTSD. This is why I feel like the end, I will bleed. This is why I see no future in life. This is why I think it's my fault that my wife took her life. I'm traumed, I'm stressed, I'm a fucked up disorder. How the f do I go on to be a good father? Do I tell my kids that the daddy's okay? Should I lie to their face to save them the pain? Or do I just tell them and maybe f up their life? Maybe I'll ask the judge. He knows wrong from right. Mm. Yeah, that one's hard. Me personally, I don't believe that Jesus was a God, but I'm gonna use this as an example, eh? They said when Jesus died on the cross, before he died, they stuck a spear in him, eh? And the person who stuck the spear in him was a peace officer, know what I mean? I feel like I get put on the cross every day. I feel like there's a lot of people who get put on the cross every day. Native people, black people get put on the cross every day. Me right now, I'm put on the cross, and the peace officer who's sticking that thing in me is that cop who's pulling the trigger. I can't change the world, but I can make people think, you know? I don't know if I'll change myself, but I'm trying, you know? Chris Pruden and Dylan McKenzie. Some really powerful moments there. Especially in Dylan's poem, just the way it ends kind of leaves us hanging. Even though it ends with a fairly positive sentiment, there's just no sense of closure or relief there. Life is not easy inside the boot camp unit, but it does seem to have a profound effect on the inmates who go through it. Donnie Klepp, the first man we spoke to in this episode, he's definitely on his way to becoming a leader. Getting the other inmates sharing their poetry is a part of that. He also led this one moment as we were leaving. All the other inmates gathered outside their rooms, looking down at this courtyard area in the center of the unit. And Donnie stood at the center, looking up. Okay, make sure everybody's up. Integrity! Integrity! Respect! Respect! Freedom! Freedom! We are leaders and you know! We are leaders and you know! One alpha will steal that show! One alpha will steal that show! Three tears of men here standing proud! Three tears of men here standing proud! Chosen ones among the crowd! Somebody. 
This has been part one of the Bootcamp Poets story on All That Matters. Special thanks to Sarah Alfazema for interviews and contributing hugely to the production of this episode. Yeah, and thanks as well to Daniel Emberg for the story inspiration and providing us with invaluable contacts. Not to mention the inmates and staff at the Edmonton Remand Center. And thanks to the staff at the Alberta Justice and Solicitor General Department for making this program possible, including Andrea Cole, Don Asprey, Julie Siddons, and many more. Listen in next Wednesday at 5 p.m. for the conclusion of this documentary. We'll be talking more about what change looks like or means when you're behind bars. All That Matters is a production of CGSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton. Our theme music is by Dokashi Teru. We love hearing feedback from you, so tweet at us and let us know what you thought of the show. We're at ATMCJSR. We're also on Facebook, and our email address is allthatmatters at cjsr.com. Website is allthatmatterscjsr.wordpress.com. If you have friends who aren't familiar with All That Matters, it means a lot to us when you point them to our website or ask them to tune in. I'm Chris Chang and Phillips. And I'm Joe Hartfile. Thanks for listening.